0: Hello and welcome to The Flex. It's Matt St. Jean and Joe Howie, your favorite Friars podcast co-hosts. We're back for another game preview. And Joe, it kind of feels like deja vu. We get another late Monday night tip-off against the Big Ten team for the second week in a row.
1: Yep. Um, the, these late night uh, college basketball games are really going to kill my sleep schedule. As if it wasn't already screwed up enough. But... um for those who don't know, I am—I just got back from Chicago after uh, visiting Notre Dame this weekend, so I am exhausted from traveling. But uh, no sleep for me because Providence plays tomorrow, and you know, damn right that we're going to prep—we're going to prep for them the night before. So let's get into <laughs> Gotta it. Got to get into it.
0: Yeah, I thought, hey, and this—this this is going to be a weird week when it comes to basketball schedules with the holiday. Our—we uh, both were both writing for Big East Coast Bias now, so check us out there. Our game of the week this week is UConn and Auburn, which is a 2.30 game on a Wednesday. We're both going to be working. Well, I don't know about you. I'm going to be working then, which is very unfortunate. But hopefully I'll be able to uh, kind of dual screen that one.
1: I got lucky. Home team sports gave us the uh, the day off on Wednesday and Friday. So nice five-day weekend for me to enjoy my favorite holiday. It, uh, it'll all enjoy it even more if Providence comes out of this tournament successful. But... We'll find out Tuesday, Yeah, I guess, Tuesday night.
0: Yeah. The Friars playing in the Roman Legends Classic. This is at the Prudential Center, a building the Friars are very familiar with. The opening game is going to be the late night tip, 930 against Northwestern. You may remember the Friars played Northwestern two years ago, lost on the road 72 to 63 in Honestly, I think that game may have been the genesis of our podcast idea because that's when we uh, we sat around after <laughs> and, and just talked about that because that was, that was not a fun game, but that, a lot that has, was was not... <laughs> changed since then. <laughs>
1: That was a late night on Pinehurst, Matt. Um, That was another, like, maybe a Monday or a Tuesday night. And for those who don't know, a good buddy of ours, Jack McMahon, jumped on the mic as well. I hope that that recording has been permanently deleted, because if that ever surfaced, I don't think anyone would listen to this podcast anymore. But my goodness, that that was...
0: it was Wait, the, the late night rantings and ravings of four or five college men about a very disappointing loss for the Friars. Now, going back and looking at the stats from that one, there's, there's a couple weird ones. So Northwestern had assists on, I think, 74 percent of their made field goals. So every they passed into basically everything. They also turned the ball over 20 times and still scored 72 points in one. I mean that's just that's bizarre. You I feel like you never see that. And that was just an odd game through and through.
1: That game was just I think straight up ridiculous. Two of our starters didn't even score. It, it was Nate Watson missed the game. He was injured. He was injured. Um I I think all in all you just want to scrap that game from your memory although it's probably one of the toughest games to scrap from your memory. (laughs) I think they had a a lacrosse player point guard who was just carving up Lawan Pipkins. It was an awful game for the Friars. There was something going on with the net in the first half. Do you remember that? Yeah,
0: Yeah. and and Northwestern, they they played Merrimack in their opener, and Merrimack won. That was Merrimack's first D1 basketball win, (laughs) and then they came out and beat the Friars.
1: And then the Friars went to go beat Merrimack. It was just God, uh, talk yeah. about cannibalization.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, a, a lot has changed since then, though. The story for this game, the, the, I think the most curious thing for me when you look at the stats, two of the top three scorers for Northwestern, Pete Nance and Ryan Young, both six foot ten. They split time. These guys both play about 20 minutes a game, both of them scoring in double figures. So that's going to be the test for this Friars defense. How do you stop two bigs like that
1: who can both score so well? Um, I have an answer for you, Matt. It's Nate Watson and Noah Horkler. Uh, I think, and I'll go on a quick side tangent here. On Thursday night, I I think it was probably 1130. It was was late. It was after the Gavit tip-off had ended. DePaul had beaten Rutgers. I think I flipped to the Northwestern FDU game, and Andy Katz was on the call, and he was talking about Northwestern's next game, which was obviously against providence tomorrow and he's talking you know northwestern returns a couple of guys that played in that game providence returns a couple of guys that played in that game correction andy providence returns one roster player that actually played in the northwestern game and that is aj reeves none of the the roster members currently played in that game so i think if you're gonna if you're gonna go tit for tat here ryan young and and pete nance have not faced the likes of Nate Watson and Noah Horkler yet. I think that is the difference maker this time around.
0: There's uh, a totally think, different front court for Providence than the last time these, these two teams faced each other. Cause it was Khalif right. young who played, he only played 15 minutes in that game didn't score.
1: Right. Uh, Emmett Holt came off the bench. Uh, you saw a lot of him at the five. And keep in mind, Emmett Holt lost a ton of weight going into the senior season a couple years ago. He he was definitely not the same Emmett Holt that we saw when he first started. He was more so a, a small forward stretch power forward at that point, playing the five. Greg Gantt got some run, but really we went guard heavy mm-hmm. and Alpha Diallo wound up being your post guy. But Diallo, Holt, Young, all guys under 6'9. I think Diallo was 6'6. Watson 6'10. Holt 6'9. Gant
0: Gant got playing time. Greg Gant played 15 minutes in that game, too. He scored nine points. That's how far back we're going right here.
1: Back when when Gant was on the stat sheet.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, it's those two guys. I mean, this is going to be a super interesting matchup. Because Nance and Young, despite they're both six ten, they can bang down low, but they they're kind of stretch centers, and I think that's going to be a really big battle. I mean, how do how do how do the Friars handle that, especially at the defensive end of the floor?
1: I think you, you got to look to Watson. He's your horse defensively in the paint. I mean, I'd expect Croswell to bang around a little bit, but I think <clears throat> Horkler and Manaya, too, on the wings are going to be expected to play paint defense. And, I mean, we've seen it from Horkler. He, he's had a couple of great blocks this season so far. He's great at contesting jump shots. I, I think Horkler defensively is the guy you want to look out for in the paint. I think Mania has that ability as well. I think ideally you like the three of them to be on the floor at the same time. You want Watson under the basket and Horkler and Mania anchoring him on each side.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely agree. You need to have that kind of presence. But you also have to balance that rebounding paint presence with defending a Northwestern attack that is about as disciplined as it gets. They don't turn the ball over that much, and they are top 10 in assists per game. And their point guard, who has a name I love, Boo Booey. How, how much <laughs> you like that, Boo Booey?
1: I'm glad you said that because when I was looking at his name, I thought it was Boo Boo. So I was going <laughs> to say that, but I'm, I'm glad you, you you said it before I did.
0: Uh, Boo Booey. He is, uh, is a junior. He leads the Big Ten in assists, both by volume and per game. Uh, so as much as those big guys like to score, they're good at feeding them down low, getting the rock into them. And also, they use them to stretch out defenses and try to find those lanes to the basket. And I think we've seen those issues with the Friars in the past when – you you get soft on the inside, and you got AJ Reeves trying to defend passing lanes into the basket in man coverage, in man coverage and getting beat. We saw that quite a bit the first time these two teams played with Ed Cooley and Chris Collins at the helm two years ago. Yeah,
1: you're you're totally right. Um, I, I think something that that is definitely noteworthy too is contextualization of these Northwestern stats. Mm-hmm. Northwestern obviously is four and zero. I'm not going to take that away from them. They earned all four wins. But I, I think the level of competition that you're looking at here, uh, for reference, their most recent win was Fairleigh Dickinson. Fairleigh Dickinson is 0-3 on the season. Before that, it's New Orleans. New Orleans is 1-3 on the season. Before that, high point. High point's 2-3. and And before that, Eastern Illinois. Eastern Illinois is 1-3. So I think if you look at the quality of opponent that they're playing, like it, it's not like they're playing Duke and they're putting up these stats. Regardless... They're still playing well. They're still scoring north of 80 points per game. It's obviously noteworthy, and the stats are there for a reason. They're important for a reason. But you also need to to factor in, uh, you know, maybe they're not playing the the highest level of competition, and and perhaps Providence can slow them down, can disrupt what they've been working on for the past four games. But definitely noteworthy looking at where these stats come from.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Ryan Young coming off the bench against High Point. He only played 15 minutes, scored 20 points, was 8 of 8 shooting, hit all four of his free throws. I don't expect the Friars' defense to be allowing that. Even if the Friars' defense plays poorly, they're still going to be a lot more competitive than that. So I don't think you're going to see Northwestern come out and blow the doors off anybody. I don't think they're going to come out and score 80 points on this Providence defense. Providence defense, which, by the way, Allowed 58 points in back-to-back games. Held Wisconsin to their lowest point total of the season. Held New Hampshire to their lowest point total, point total of the season. This is a Friars defense that's finding its stride. So it's kind of this battle. We know we know Northwestern's good. and We know they can pass the ball. Can they do it against a good defense? We know this Ed Cooley defense is good. Can they do it against a team with multiple good picks? Can they do it against a team that's really good at passing the ball? It's a good kind of a good prep for Nova in some ways, minus the big guys. But you talk about passing. So both teams have a lot of question marks that I think will probably get ironed out over the course of 40 minutes at the Prudential Center tomorrow night.
1: Yeah, you're totally right, Matt. I think another factor that kind of goes under the radar when you look at preparation here, and this might sound so so arbitrary, but traveling. Providence had to get on a bus and ride three hours south. Okay, not bad. Northwestern had to get on a plane and fly two hours east. And I just did that exact plane ride from O'Hare in Chicago (laughs) to Newark, New Jersey. And let me tell you...
0: You see any of those guys on the plane?
1: (laughs) No. I I Actually, I meant to tell you, though. On the plane ride from Newark to O'Hare on Friday evening, we saw the Princeton basketball team. Oh, wow. Yeah, but... Side so so story over. Um, today I flew from O'Hare to Newark, and let me tell you, it's exhausting. It, it, it's not the longest flight, nor there is no connecting or anything like that. But traveling across the country, especially during this time of year, the airports are packed. You're not you're not cruising onto a flight. You're you're waiting online. It's hot, sweaty. You're sweating through the mask. Everything. It travel time and playing with comfort is something that goes under the radar. Providence has played at the Prudential Center before. It's the home of Big East opponent Seton Hall. I, I think we it's definitely... It. We
0: know A.J. Reeves likes to play there.
1: Oh, yeah. A.J. Reeves loves to play there.
0: <laughs> yeah, hit that nice shot last year. And he, you mentioned two starters for Providence that had no points against Northwestern two years ago. Reeves was one of those guys. That's enough, another thing that's going to be different. I don't think you're going to see him score no points.
1: Um. He may not score no points. I don't know if he's going to be the guy to pour it on, though. I, I think oh. if you're looking looking for someone to to, to really stuff the stat sheet, you're going to look at Watson or Durham or even Horkler. Reeves, I just think, is a little too inconsistent to say, like, oh, he's going to put up 20. But he'll give you mm-hmm. points, and he'll give you quality minutes. Not, not He certainly won't lay a goose egg in the stat sheet like he did two years ago.
0: If he does, the Friars will be in trouble in this one. Uh, What would you say you think is the biggest key to the game for Providence?
1: Um, I'd say it's defensive composure. I I think even in our best games this season, we've seen these lulls defensively where we kind of break everything down. Uh, I think communication is key, specifically with ball screens. That's something that's been wildly inconsistent the entirety of this year but but most importantly I I think you just need to stick with what works you need to feed Watson you have to keep the ball in Durham's hands you get Horkler and Mania on the wings to do their thing and then that that fifth guard spot will be like a rotating door but if those four guys come to play I think you're good to go and also I I think it goes without saying Ed Cooley has a great way of inspiring his teams to play fantastic revenge ball
0: Yes. Oh, absolutely.
1: Uh, I think there's nothing better than when Providence loses to a team and then the next time they play that team, they kick their teeth in.
0: Yeah. And I think you, you have a little bit of a scouting report on them from a couple of years ago. Obviously, not a whole lot of the players are the same, but you have the same coaches. I'm sure they remember the game plan and what went wrong, what didn't work for them, what they need to change, what – They just need to do better what they need to execute better where it's not really about the game plan. You just need guys to do what they do better than they did two years ago, because I don't think I mean, this is a very winnable game for Providence. Northwestern's favored by a point and a half as of right now. This is pretty much a toss up and it's on a neutral site, but it's going to be more Friars fans there. That's for sure. I think both of us. I know I'd be. I'm. I'm uh, down south right now visiting family, but I would be at this game if I was up in New York City right now. I can tell you that. Fire fans are going to have. I, fans are going
1: to be out loud and proud. <laughs> you know, uh, a Friar fan in particular that is more than likely going to be there is Papa Watson, Nate Watson's dad. the The Watsons are from New Jersey. So I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if Big Janathian Watson is in the stands there cheering on the Friars.
0: I hope so. I sure hope so. I mean, we Nate Watson has been a force all year long, and the Friars are gonna need him against the two big men that Northwestern has. He's a guy that's always played better when it's in front of fans, and especially when when it's in front of his family. And one of his first breakout games was down uh, down in D.C. his freshman year, and his family was there for that one down at Georgetown.
1: Yeah, I remember that one. You're right. He he does. He rises to to meet the pressure of having, or maybe that for him it's not pressure, but in any other circumstance, it's you have a the family watching. Yeah, exactly. But he's he's definitely. Uh, I'm sure he's going to take advantage of playing close to home. Uh, I know a couple of other guys like uh, Minaya and Durham posted that they're in different areas on their stories today, but. Uh, I'm just very excited to see what this Friars team has in store. This is a Northwestern squad that you really shouldn't take lightly, especially because they upset us two seasons ago. But with that said, they didn't get the full Friars story. They didn't have Nate Watson. All the other guys they played against are gone now. I think it's clean slate.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what it is. and It's a really nice balance between a, a clean slate and experience against the team that I think should help them. And you also, I mean, this is one of these early season tournaments. The Friars have not done well with those recently, but the Friars are also breaking the trends that we've seen recently. You know, they're they're beating Big Ten teams. They beat Wisconsin, hadn't done that in a few years. They're 4-0 to start the season. The defense is actually firing on all on all cylinders right from the start of the year for the most part. These are things that we have not seen from Providence in a while. So I think this is a good opportunity for them to break some of those trends. You go back to, I mean, last season, they played in a tournament right over, uh, was that was it over Thanksgiving when they played Indiana and Davidson and Alabama? Yeah. And just got run out of the building two years ago. Do we even want to talk about what happened with Long Beach State over Thanksgiving? I'd rather I don't. not. Yeah. And... The, the last term, tournament they played in before that, they beat South Carolina, but then lost to a, a really good Michigan team. That win over South Carolina, that's the last power five win they have in one of these neutral site tournaments. That's how far you got to go back. They beat Davidson last year, but that are not a power five team. This, no. is a, this is a big opportunity and a big challenge for, for both teams.
1: Yeah, I, I, I see this as more of an opportunity. Obviously, the challenge is still there. But if you look at the game ahead of you tomorrow night and you come out and you play well and you beat Northwestern, that's mm-hmm. two Big Ten wins under your belt, one on the road, one on a neutral site, both away from home. That's got to mean something at the end of the day. And I think when you look broad strokes at these Thanksgiving weekend tournaments, I think it's so important to note the, the the dictation that this has on how you're remembered in the non conference. Look at what happened to, to Providence two seasons ago. We pooped the bed and everyone, that's all people wanted to talk about. Long Beach State, Charleston, mm-hmm. Northwestern. Yeah. This is the hump right you, here that, that that people remember for the non conference.
0: And you dig yourself a hole you gotta get out of. Because conference play is a grind. Conference play is tough. If you got to hit 20 wins to make the NCAA tournament, you don't. You'd much rather make up those extra ones against some of these non-conference teams than trying to make it up against Marquette out in Wisconsin in February. I don't. I don't want to go into that game as a must-win. That's that's always going to be a tough game. That's a fifty-fifty shot. So let's let's take advantage of a game like this when the Friars are playing well, when you are on the East Coast, when you're going to have some fans there. And it it's a huge opportunity and there's pressure around that. But this is a veteran lineup. I th- I hope I think that they can handle that pressure.
1: Agreed. I hope so. Yeah. I think so. And you know what? We'll, we'll find out tomorrow.
0: Yeah. Now, Joe. You want to know what else is on the line
1: in this game? What is that?
0: If the Friars win, this will be the 15th hundred win in program history. They're at oh. 1499 right now. Wow. Yeah. Got a little bit of a little bit of history that they can make tomorrow night at the Prudential Center. So just another thing. And to look ahead just a little bit, Ed Cooley is at, I believe, 198 wins. So if you win this tournament, he's gonna hit two hundred. You get a couple of milestones down before you even uh, even come back home. You just get it, get it all out of the way while you're in New Jersey.
1: You get a couple of milestones in your back pocket for Thanksgiving dinner at the Cooley Estates.
0: <laughs> exactly, and yeah, then you can sit back, watch the other teams play during Thanksgiving, eat your turkey, fall asleep in front of the TV. <laughs> And you, can, you know what? You can have that time to argue with your family about politics and peace. You don't have to talk about <laughs> basketball. <laughs> oh Christ. Yeah. Oh, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Friar or Ed Cooley with the Friars is 198 and 135. So we'll we'll look ahead a little bit just because there is this a uh, quick turnaround. If Providence, well, regardless of the outcome, Monday night, Tuesday night, Providence will play another game. It'll be against either Georgia or Virginia. Another little tidbit for you, Joe, I think you'll like this game. The Friars played against New Hampshire was the slowest game by tempo that Providence had played since their game against Virginia uh, in a neutral site tournament over Thanksgiving weekend back in 2017.
1: Very interesting. Which, yeah, which of course
0: it's Virginia with the slow tempo games. The Friars lost that one, but that was that was the year that they hung with Ohio State on the road. They beat Memphis in that tournament. They beat URI that year, and that ended up being a pretty good season for them. They made the NCAA tournament. So maybe maybe playing Virginia is the I, the Friars want to get Virginia here because this is a very bad bad Georgia team. And playing them is not going to help your resume. So you want to win so you can get Virginia.
1: Agreed. This is also a Virginia team that lost to Navy. Yeah. This Virginia team
0: is not the usual Virginia either. Uh, they're beatable. Friars could come away. Mm, Friars can
1: win this tournament. It's very winnable tournament. Got to grab this opportunity by the horns. I... I, I can't stress that enough. I'll say it till I'm blue in the face. You're 4-0 and right now. You have the opportunity to leave this week 6-0. and It starts tomorrow against Northwestern. I re- really hope they rise to meet the challenge.
0: This is going to be a big one. The game is approximately a 9.30 start time. And unfortunately, it'll be on ESPN Plus, which is a membership service. So if you don't already have that, you will need to subscribe to watch this one. Yes, it's annoying. Uh, Joe and I were just discussing before this how we are going to end up watching it. We got to see if we're already subscribed to it. Find out the best way to do it. It is only like seven bucks for a month of it. Also, if you're not able to watch the game, then um, I'm sure if you you scour the fryer boards, there's going to be replays available somewhere in all likelihood. And you can come check out our podcast after the game tomorrow night because we'll talk about everything in detail. Let you know everything you need to know. Right, Joe? as always this is, the, yeah, this is the spot to be you don't want to be anywhere else for Friars basketball we're getting into the thick of it things are getting really fun it's Thanksgiving week I am ready for it this has been the Flex Hoops make sure you're following us on Twitter and subscribe to wherever you are listening to this so you can stay up to date as we go through this wacky and winding college basketball season for Joe Howie I'm Matt St. Jean thank you for listening go Friars